Welcome to episode 184 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This time around, we're looking at Season 8, Episode 13, Parmanum. The average IMDb user score is 8.1 out of 10. The action primarily takes place in Baltimore, Maryland. And the original air date was February 18th, 2001. This is where the mythology really kicks into high gear with Season 8. We obviously had some with the two-part season premiere and Mulder's disappearance. And there have been elements of it with Scully's pregnancy and Mulder's disease over the past few weeks. But this first half of the season had been primarily focused on establishing the relationship dynamic between Scully and Doggett. This is where things start to get back into the ongoing story arc and the ongoing mythology. So in this episode, it's brought to Scully and Doggett's attention that there is a woman who's been killed, or she's at least died, her husband says it's been, that she's been murdered, by her doctors. She was a multiple abductee, she had cancer which went into remission, she was pregnant with a baby that they didn't think might have been human because she wasn't supposed to be able to conceive at all. And Doggett brings Scully in on it because it reminds him of her case from the X-Files. Scully's dismissive and more than a little upset that he's been reading her X-File, even though it's right there, and she says she appreciates his thoroughness, but her personal files are her personal files. So there's a bit of tension there between them. Nonetheless, they do go into further investigations, ultimately finding out that Scully's doctors and the victim's doctors were one and the same. So they're starting to question whether her doctors were involved or not. They encounter another pregnant woman who's been involved with this. Scully is actually there trying to break her out of a hospital. When the baby comes to term and she's sure that they swap babies and that the baby that she had wasn't entirely human. And in the process, Doggett makes contact with Noel Rohr who is going to turn out to be a recurring character. He was there to get Scully and the other woman out, but he may not have been completely on board and might have been involved, since if Scully was right, he had to have been there when the babies were swapped. So we really are starting to build, and that's going to continue next week, or in the following episode, I should say. But what we have here is actually a very strong mythology episode, and we're stepping back into it. And in the course of this investigation, Doggett also uncovers the fact that Scully is pregnant and has been hiding that pregnancy from him. So this is a great time to highlight and showcase the spotlight between these two. And we're going to start building towards a new mythology for Season 8 with different conspiracies than the ones Mulder and Scully have been dealing with before, which is only natural since that syndicate died in Season 6. Now, this is an episode that was co-written by Chris Carter and Frank Spotnitz. So those are two of the names that we've been hearing a lot. And it's directed by Kim Manners, who, as we said before, is the most prolific director in the history of this franchise. So it's definitely pulling in those most familiar with mythology to put this one together. Now, we've got a few notable guest stars this time around. Jennifer Griffin plays Dr. Miriam. 
This is her only X-Files credit. She is best known for Banshee, Boyhood, The Long Road Home, and The Messengers. 56 acting credits to her name, including some shorts that were released this year and a TV series that's announced but not yet out. Her career goes back to an episode of Wise Guy in 1988. David Purdom is one who's playing Dr. Lev here. He seemed recognizable to me, and this is one of his four best-known-for credits on the IMDb, along with Fracture, Because I Said So, and Ali. 105 acting credits to his name, including voice acting in Red Dead Redemption 2, a pretty sizable stint on The Young and the Restless as Dr. Campbell and Mr. Tipton. This is his first of two episodes of The X-Files. He will return as Dr. Lev later on this season. He'd also played Captain James in three episodes of Babylon 5. And his career goes back to The Edge of Night in 1980. Saxon Trainer is also very recognizable. She's best known for Sandcastles, Conspiracy Theory, Nowhere Man, and Journeyman. This is her only X-Files credit. With an IMDb list that goes back to 1991, she was Dr. Linda Larson in Star Trek The Next Generation's episode the Nth Degree, in which Barclay gets upgraded and takes over the holodeck. Here she plays Mary Hendershot, the pregnant woman that Scully tries to rescue. Steven Anderson plays Dr. James Parenti. This is another case where The X-Files is one of his four best-known credits, along with What a Girl Wants, Halloween 5, and he played Dr. Nilrim in Star Trek The Next Generation. That was in the episode First Contact. I think I probably know him best as Prosecutor David Hangman Hawkins from seven episodes of Matlock. And it says something when we've got a Star Trek Next Generation actor that I know best from Not Next Gen. 89 credits to his name, the last of which was in 2013. So he does appear to be possibly retired here. His IMDb list goes back to 1976 with The Bob Newhart Show. We also have Megan Follows, who was the star of the 1985 Anne of Green Gables series here in Canada. That's probably what she's best known for around these parts. 99 acting credits to her name, some of which are unreleased, so she's still very much active. And here she plays Kath McCready. Diana Castle is best known for her roles here in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, in Picket Fences, and in Sharky's Machine. 34 credits to her name, most recently in 2005. Here she was the delivery nurse. And her career dates back to Sharky's Machine, actually as her first credit from 1981. Now Elizabeth Cheap, I can't give you her four best knowns, because as far as I can tell, this is her second of two acting credits. She's second nurse here and also played Periel in The Legend of Galgameth. Christopher Stanley has 37 acting credits to his name. He played Agent Joe Farah in this episode, and he also played Agent Joe Farah in Empedocles. This is his first of two episodes of The X-Files. We'll see him again in a few episodes' time. He's best known for his work in Mad Men, Argo, American Crime, and Waco. 
also still active with some unreleased projects and a career that dates back to 1986. Now, Carl T. Wright has 98 acting credits to his name. Here he plays the first associate. He's also known for a typical The Honor List Teacher of the Year and Eddie Murphy's Dr. Doolittle. And now we're getting into the two big guest stars, the ones that sci-fi fans will find immediately recognizable. There's Jay Akavone. IMDb says that of his 109 credits, he's best known for Lethal Weapon, Mafia 3, NCIS, and Rattlesnakes. But I will always know him best as the TV version of Charles Kowalski on Stargate SG-1. And now the elephant in the room as far as the guest cast is concerned. Adam Baldwin is in here as Noel Rohr. It's a recurring character on the X-Files, so this is our first exposure to Noel Rohr. We are going to eventually see him in five episodes. He's probably best known to this audience for playing Jane Cobb in Firefly and Serenity, although he was also in Independence Day, Full Metal Jacket, The Patriot, Castle, Beware the Batman, Transformers Prime. I also enjoyed him as John Casey in 91 episodes of Chuck. So he's got a very long and prolific career, right down to the, the Buffyverse with a few episodes of Angel. He was also the voice of Agent X in the animated Men in Black TV series. So he's got a considerable career going back to 1980. In fact, starting with My Bodyguard, his second role was Stillman in Ordinary People, which went on to win Best Picture for that year. So ultimately what we have here is an effective return to the mythological episodes. The next week is part of Sweeps. The February Sweeps where they're really pushing the TV Nielsen ratings. So that's going to end on a cliffhanger, after which we are going to start our coverage of The Lone Gunman. Now I've got a question for the listeners. I was originally planning to do the 13 episodes of The Lone Gunman at one podcast each. But I'm finding if we're not dealing with a mythology episode, there's not a lot to say about X-Files or Lone Gunman, aside from the IMDb cast lists, and anyone can read those. So, what I'm considering is for the non-mythology episodes to go through in batches. So for the Lone Gunman, do maybe three or four episodes at a time. So with DVD or Blu-ray, do it one disc at a time if they are not ongoing mythology episodes. So I'd appreciate listener feedback on that and which way you'd prefer it. You could send that feedback to bureau42podcasts at gmail.com. So thank you for listening, and I look forward to hearing your opinions on that. Join us again in two weeks' time for This Is Not Happening.